Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hey everyone, the third issue of the WrestleTalk magazine is now available. Head over to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10, and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com for more information. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke at WrestleTalk.com. <laughs> Hello, Oliver Davis. Hello, Swap Nation. How the devil are you on this extremely cold Thursday afternoon? It's pretty chilly. I'm good because the wonderful Swap Nation really took to heart those rude emails that you asked them all not to send. I, I'm not sure I told them not to send it. I think I was actually actively encouraging it. Mm. Um, and because it was in today's news, this uh, we're recording this before my news episode has gone up that you the people will have watched on Thursday because they'll be hearing this on Saturday. I'd imagine my inbox will be even more full of Bobby Roode mm, and Rick Roode pictures by fuller. the time this. Uh, by the time you're actually listening to this, I might have been sick of the gimmick. Favorite Roode? Oh, Rick Roode. Yeah. You can yeah. Oh, I love Rick Roode, man. He was so great. It was such a great in-ring worker and so funny. Do you want to do your impression? You've got a good little impression. Shut up, little man. <laughs> well, we've got a new thing. Seeing that we uh, Luke has an email address that you can send your rude pictures to. R-O-O-D-E, remember. And no, no, and R-U-D-E is, is Rick Rude's. Uh, and crap gimmicks. Send Luke some crap. Did you get many? I, I got one crap gimmick. Nice. So we, is it any good? Can we use it? Uh, I didn't actually get a chance to read it. No. I'm afraid it's in my... I've marked it to be read. And I'm filing them into a into a folder. Gotta have that folder One of system. my tasks for tomorrow mm. is to, create, to set something up so that I can start filing things away. But we have had some emails through. And this is the kind of emails that I want to get. That are picking up references that we make in the episodes. And sending us like anecdotes. Mm. Sending us stories and things like that. Because we're running out of anecdotes to tell. Have you felt that on recent weeks? I don't know if sure I've, read, I've felt that on recent weeks. Oh, I mean, we just talked about me going to a rifle range. Like, that's a, know, that's was, a killer that anecdote. Was, that was a good anecdote. That was a bad... Yeah, that, that was a good one. But I remember, like, a couple of episodes, especially if we take back-to-back. Yeah. Like, Man, all I've done the last few days is either work or read the boys in comic form and I don't think it's not really interesting no I mean the biggest thing that's going on in my life at the moment is I'm having my windows replaced and it's just been cold 
because mm-hmm. although as I it's, it's a bad operating system. It's slightly, I've been telling you to move over to uh, slightly, slightly getting warmer uh, because now we're getting better windows in. Our front door is going in today, so I'm actually quite looking forward to going home so I can look at my new front door. Ooh, what uh, color is it going to be? It's going to be slate gray. I think it's slate gray. My my wife will tell me if I've got that wrong, mm. um, but it's gray. I can tell you that much. And uh, I, I went to pick up the key this morning. I had to go pick up the key this morning because it's on my way to the tube station. But I had to go back home so I could give my wife her key because she'll get home before me. This is the exact reason we asked you guys to send in your anecdotes. And people have done because we mentioned on yesterday's show, or Wednesday's show, Kalamazoo in Mm. Michigan. And I've actually had quite a few people get in touch with me to say that they live in Kalamazoo. It sounds like a musical instrument. (laughs) That Edge and Christian would play to annoy Chris Benoit. Mm. So we, uh, this from Justin Berger, said, just want to say I love your podcast. Been a YouTube and Patreon subscriber for almost a year now. I haven't had any any significant fantasy booking ideas or pay-per-view vote wish you guys would show a bit more love to old school WCW hey man that's why we open it up to everyone yeah you got to ask the SWAF nation to do that we just put the polls out exactly like a lot there was uh, someone who was very pushing hard for us to review like 1995 WWF pay-per-views but they never win the poll mm. like we we you know we're men of the people uh, he continues but I had to email when Luke mentioned recently where I live I currently live in Kalamazoo Michigan being born and raised in New York City the coolest place on earth that's a sidebar by me I get a kick out of those who also get a kick out of a town's name when first spoken it's a small town especially by NYC standards but it's a welcome change from the bustling metropolises metropolis I metropolis I yeah well gotta get out of here now fellas keep on rambling lad thank you very much Justin for sending that email can I can I say my favorite well it's one of my favorite words to say mm-hmm. synecdoche Ooh, what's that synecdoche mean? New York it's a place oh right um, Charlie Kaufman made a film on it Synecdoche New York mm-hmm. it's like Connecticut yeah Connecticut it's just, it just feels really nice to come out of my mouth yeah Connecticut <laughs> Synecdoche Synecdoche ah, and it's it's spelt in the most unphonetic way possible, <laughs> which really confuses my girlfriend, which uh, I like to do. Jeff Ranieri writes, I currently live around Detroit, Michigan, and have been to Kalamazoo. It's a very popular city on the west side of the <laughs> state, mostly known for housing Western Michigan University. Keep up the good work. Brad Adams. West side. West, Brad Adams writes, listening to the podcast, and you wanted to know about Kalamazoo. I was born there and grew up there. He's a Kalamazoonian. Kalamazaniac. <laughs> Kalamazaniac. It's a pretty unique town and the most comparable town in the US I can think of is Austin, Texas, just much smaller. Here is my unique fact Ooh. from growing up there in the early 80s. Like most school children, we had to practice fire drills, and like most school children in middle of America, or middle America, we had to practice tornado drills. So that's where someone gets you on the top rope and flings round yes. and hits you with a DDT. And you've got to take it as safely as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unlike most children, we had to practice air raid nuclear bomb Jesus. drills too. This involved grabbing a textbook in the eighties. This involved grabbing a textbook, curling up under your desk, and opening the book and holding it over the back of your neck to protect it from it's any not shrapnel. Gonna do a thing. It's not gonna do a thing. It's just to protect the dental records. They lied to you, man. Over his neck, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. Uh, unless it blew up from the front, of course. No. We did these drills because Kalamazoo is located about halfway between Detroit and Chicago, both of which were assumed strategic targets because a large portion of steel production is located in the suburbs of Chicago and Detroit. Make all the cars. That's a really interesting mm. uh, little piece of American history from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, wow. 
I like this is this is fun. Yeah, this is this is the kind of stuff I want. Yeah, mate. yeah, I, I like it because it's new and novel. I'm gonna get bored of it in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chet DeHart got in touch to say that he also goes to the Prince Charles Cinema and Picture House Central. And Jail Central's my favourite. It certainly did. And lastly, from Matthew Perry. Oh, wow, Matthew Perry watches the show. It certainly does. Chandler Whoa. himself. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Do you know, a friend of mine um, has never watched an episode of Friends in his life. That's impressive, because it's on so much. Yeah, and he, when he has seen it, he's like, this is, oh, this is awful, I don't want to watch it. That is, uh, people, I think, are contrarians when they say that, because it is such an expertly crafted, joke-a-minute, character-based, situational comedy that anyone who says otherwise is just trying to annoy you. <laughs> Which you know what I've been re-watching as of late? That 70s show. I have, mate, and it's I so good. It, <laughs> it stands up today. It stands up, man. Oh, yeah, you saw it because I was watching You're it in the watching studio. You were watching it, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I took it because uh, my lady partner had never even heard of it. Really? Yeah, and it, uh, it appeared on Netflix. I was like, oh, my God, that 70s show. And she was like, what's that? I was like, oh. I mean, it's in the title. And I played one episode. It was a random one. I don't know how I managed random. But they take, uh, no, it was on Channel 4, maybe. Uh, and they take Eric Hunting. Mm. And that was a bad episode to show her because she likes she likes she values animal life more than I do, mm. and she didn't she didn't like the character of the dad. I was like, well, you know, it's a combat. You don't have to like the character of the dad. He's just a character. You know, you don't have to like everything. He's bad boy. Anyway. But anyway, Matthew Perry has written in. Just want to say I'm a huge fan and I've been a big fan of the show. We love Friends too, man. That <laughs> goes both ways. <laughs> You've mentioned several times. And The Whole Nine Yards, which is a great <laughs> film. You've mentioned several times that uh, you're a that's fan. That's about of- it. <laughs> <laughs> can't no, think, no. can't think of much He was else. also in... Um, that Zac Efron movie where he goes back at uh, 17 again. He plays like the older oh, version of Zac Efron. Um, you mentioned a couple of times that you're, fan, uh, you're a fan of D&D. Would you and Ollie ever consider doing a one-shot D&D game for a special podcast? You could play a standard game or even make it WWE-themed, with the player characters and NPCs being similar to the <laughs> outlandish characters from the WWE Immortals mobile game. I think it would be a really fun time and would be the best way to combine my two favourite things, wrestling and role-playing games. P.S. I always like to play as a monk. What's your favourite class? Well enough, mine's a monk. Well, Matthew Perry... Uh... What you've, what you've done there is you've taken something that's already quite a niche, specific interest in wrestling, and you want to you want to isolate that audience down further and include Dungeons and Dragons within that subsect. So I think that's a that's a that's a goer because <laughs> I don't want more people to watch our stuff. Did I tell you about an idea I had for a podcast? And um, yes, and <laughs> yes, you tell me every idea you have for a podcast. I really particularly like this one. I okay. wanted to do it with like you know you get a group of friends together and you would go play through choose your own adventure books. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, and you could do like because there's a whole range of those. Like Goosebumps did them. There was obviously like fantasy ones. There's sci-fi ones. And one person plays Dungeon Master, and you read, you know, you read through it, and then you, as a group, collectively make a decision mm. on where you want to go next. That is cool. Well, let's get on with the show. Well, this has been a, a crazy few days. It's been a bizarre one, hasn't it? Mm. Because like since late last year, the word has been, as per Dave Meltzer, the plan for John Cena is the Phenom, the Undertaker, and they're going to finally collide, at least at WrestleMania. You know, they've had matches in the past, but this will be like... They're really a big storied one, though. No, exactly, yeah. They feel like it's like an icon of the 90s versus an icon of the 2000s. They're going to collide. It's Rock Hogan. It's Mm. it's Rock Cena, but it's Undertaker Cena. And they're going to collide at WrestleMania 34, uh, the Undertaker coming out of retirement, seemingly. But like nothing really was set up at Raw 25, nothing was set up at the Royal Rumble, and nothing has been set up at the Elimination Chamber. But 
and John Cena essentially called out The Undertaker on Raw this week. So we all said, because there was a time during January where I was like, I don't think this this match is happening. Yeah. I don't I don't see I don't see it happen going it ahead. It went cold on it. I did go cold. And I was like, even I though Big Daddy Dave Meltzer, Big D, said he it, this was the plan. He was, and a, you you love Dave Meltzer more than anyone. Well, I he would, I would say. I mean, as far as I can tell, going by what people think of me, he's the only name that I recognise and like. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, so I, I just thought the match wasn't happening. But after the promo on Monday, I was, that was it. I was like, right, cool, that match is happening then. Because they basically said it's happening through John Cena saying, I'm challenging The Undertaker. Because if it's not happening now, that promo was very silly. I love the thing that's really given this away, that's confirmed it, is WWE explicitly saying, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> exactly. like, okay, so it's happening then. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. 100%. So this Check was a match. Gun. Yeah, that was, this was a match that was booked for last year for Undertaker's probably final match but it was only in the weeks leading up to the Royal Rumble the week of the Royal Rumble that people started to report this weird intergender tag match that wouldn't take place in a million years when the other option is Undertaker versus Cena people started saying oh no it's going to be that I, I can't remember who it was but someone a former writer for WWE just tweeted out he wasn't really known for a source but he said you Everyone who's saying it's going to be Cena versus The Undertaker, get a load of what happens when you hear their real plans mm. or the plans that it now is. Yeah. And everyone was like, <laughs> they're definitely doing Cena Undertaker. And then a few uh, a few days went by and then this weird rumour of John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and uh, Maurice. Maurice started coming out. And I was like, come on, come up with some good fake news. This is... This is like it's come from kayfabe news or the or the onion. But then Dave Meltzer started to report it and saying it's true and that the Undertaker is going to be moved into the Roman Reigns match because he wants to put over the 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 young guy on the way out, the new big dog, the new big dog. And that's what happened. And now here we are again, and with with the the plan really seeming to be Cena versus Undertaker. But now Sports Illustrated, Justin Barrasso in particular. And he is really a lone voice here. Everyone else is either denying it, not denying it, but refuting it. So Wrestle Votes, who are very reliable, and Wrestling Observer are both saying, no, the plan is still Undertaker versus John Cena. It's Undertaker's going to come back the SmackDown after Fastlane. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're going to start the WrestleMania build. The reason they said that Undertake, you know, the Undertaker match can't happen is to throw people off the scent that it could. Because otherwise that somewhat spoils John Cena's Fastlane match mm-hmm. because people will get, get the result before, before it actually happens. So, yeah. But then Justin Barrasso is now saying that it's Rey Mysterio versus John Cena. Yeah, not only that, he said that Rey Mysterio was backstage at SmackDown mm. and was in like final negotiations for a WrestleMania match and that rumoured opponent will be John Cena. So yeah, the lone voice in all this is saying that no, it's not Cena versus Undertaker. It's in fact going to be Cena Mysterio at WrestleMania instead. And presumably that means that there is, there is nothing for The Undertaker if we are going by what Barrasso said, but you are, as you said, then wrestle votes have said no. And um, Dave Meltzer wrote in the Observer uh, today that Cena versus Undertaker is still the mania plan, or at least was at the time Cena did the interview, and we've heard nothing different. Uh, he said, as for Rey Mysterio Jr., he has no deal with WWE at the moment. He does have a meeting scheduled with Paul Levesque to discuss a deal very Who's soon. Who's Paul Levesque, mate? Oh, uh, that's Hunter. 
Right, Triple H. Yeah, the, well, so the word, sure. I, think, I believe what it, it is, is that he's Triple H when he's uh, doing wrestling stuff, but when he's doing business stuff, he's Paul Levesque. Business, business, business. When he's doing business. Vince McMahon. Mr. McMahon. That's 100% mm. it. So I think even when he does um, the NXT conference calls before takeover shows, he gets introduced as uh, Paul Triple H Levesque. Right. Because that's when he's business, business, business. Yes. Um, so Paul Levesque to discuss a deal very soon, and it's basically dependent upon Levesque clearing his schedule and a setup when this will take place. So... Mm. According to Meltz, according to Big Daddy Meltz, Ray's not even been in talks with WWE, which actually is another rumour that, that Ray has been having dealings with WWE and they're going to set up something for very soon. But he's saying that they uh, they haven't even started talks yet. Well, no, I think the they've been talking ever since the Royal Rumble is what I've read mm-hmm. from PW Insider Pro Wrestling Sheet. And That's why I said by according to Big Daddy Meltz. Oh, but Big Daddy Meltz has also said this. Really? Yeah, yeah, but it's just this Triple H meeting. Right. Oh, sorry. Okay. sorry. Paul, Paul Levesque meeting, meeting. Yeah. that's the thing that hasn't happened yet which is Quite, sort yeah. of like the final stages of the negotiations yeah. because Rey Mysterio has the New Japan date Strong Style Evolved I think it's March 24th so about a week or two weeks before Wrestlemania mm-hmm. that's going to have to uh, that, that would rule Mysterio out from a lot of New Japan stuff he makes a lot of money on the independent circuit he is yeah. one of the he might actually be the highest paid guy for independent wrestling shows. So whether he would want to give that up is another thing. And, you know, he's got a lot more freedom. He can choose his schedule, how he wrestles. Uh, But, you know, a match against Cena at WrestleMania is kind of a draw. It's just... I Sports Illustrated and Justin Barrasso in particular, they obviously have sources because they report these things and then they happen. But they'll report something and then they'll add loads of extra bits... And that seems to be either the speculation or embellishments of this core fact. Mm. And for me, the Rey Mysterio negotiations are obviously happening. Negotiations. Negotiations <laughs> are obviously happening. Well done, Sports Illustrated, for clocking that on. Because PW Insider and Pro Wrestling Sheet afterwards said, yeah, yeah, we've confirmed those. Uh, he wasn't backstage at, at SmackDown, which is that's been refuted. But that is happening. But this whole Cena rumour is being denied by everyone mm. uh, so it's a, it's an odd thing but, and like he never gives any it's just su- such a flippant sentence in the report of because the Undertaker match isn't happening now and you, well, well why <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know the Undertaker was in training the other week there was that sh- uh, an Instagram shot of him doing some very heavy deadlifts a lot of people no not deadlift squats a lot of people said huh, it's not that heavy it's heavy to me. I was going to say, it's heavy to me, man. I can barely... The bar's li- bending. I was going to say, man, I can barely lift up my mm. beans when I'm going to cook them. But um, maybe it could be. I mean, I'm now heading into the wild speculation zone. Mm. I'm now in speculation station. Um, maybe Undertaker was in training, and then he just said to Vince, do you know what, I can't do it. Yeah. This training really hurt. I could barely walk the next day. I don't even know if I could do a whole match. And if I could do a whole match, it wouldn't be up to my usual standards. Because, like, Taker hasn't had the best track record of Mania matches in the recent years. No. Because he's all, he's battered and bruised. I I would go as far as to say that he hasn't had a great WrestleMania match, or even a good WrestleMania match, since um, Triple H. The second Mm. one he did in Hell in a Cell. Because his match was after that. 
was Punk? Yes, Punk was after that. So maybe Punk it was the was CM good. Punk one then. Yes. I was because I thought after that it was like the Bray Wyatt one wasn't very good. Mm. The Brock Lesnar one wasn't very good because he got the concussion. Mm-hmm. The Shane McMahon one was very much just smoke and mirrors. The Roman match wasn't very good. So maybe he has said to Vince, "Look, man, I can't go. Like I can't do this anymore." So now I got a good send off. Let me retire. I did my sexy. Sh- I did my sexy strip tease. I mm. fell through the stage. Um, that's just you know. Let's leave it at that. And now they've got to go, okay, well, what's plan B then? Maybe plan B is this Rey Mysterio match. Or, as some have actually said, that, you know, because they were teasing, I, I, I almost want to say, remember they put up that video for uh, the AJ Styles Rey Mysterio match um, on, like, on, I think it was a WWE's Twitter page. They put up, like, a oh, hype, yeah. a hype yeah. video for, like. Who would be into this? It was like a 2K Games thing, yeah. Oh, was it a 2K Games thing? Oh, no, thing? actually, no, it was, it was like a promo that someone had edited together. Yes. Yeah. But I thought it was a WWE thing. Anyway, it was a WWE yeah, thing, okay, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm mistaken. But, um, so there are some people now, I've had a few people say this to me on Twitter, that maybe Cena's going to win at Fastlane and it's going to be Cena Nakamura Whoa. at WrestleMania and they'll do AJ Ray at WrestleMania. Oh, that would troll everyone. Wouldn't it? Well, I mean, well... I mean, but those, like... I I would be sad that we're not getting AJ and Nakamura at WrestleMania. But those are not bad matches in the slightest. Nakamura beating a 17-time world champion, John Cena. But it also means that Cena's last two title reigns have been been about two (laughs) months each. Well, been about Uh, a month each, rather. Yeah. And and, uh, Ray versus AJ, they had that fantastic match. uh, Well, they've had... A few, haven't they? They have, the yeah. Scene. Yeah, my cousin went to one a few years ago mm. when they did a show in Reading, and she said it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, so it's it's all a weird one. I still, I think it's going to be Cena versus Undertaker. If, uh, if, if Taker can go, yeah. And and I don't think now's the time to bring Rey Mysterio back. I would bring Rey Mysterio's comeback is like a either a Tuesday or Monday after Mania thing for me. Mm. That's the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania. Yeah, not five weeks out from your biggest show of the year when you then have to throw something together. I said the same thing about Bobby Lashley because mm. someone yeah, asked me yeah, yeah. if Lashley was going to debut before WrestleMania so I would do that on the Raw after Mania mm. and save it for that. Maybe he's going to be uh, Roman's first opponent as Universal Champion maybe. Or Brock. But he's not staying. <laughs> the Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of the Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a bonus monthly podcast where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past. Last month we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom 10, and this month's show will be No Way Out 2004, a true feel-good pay-per-view where Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship. And we have just announced that $10 plus backers will get access to a brand new exclusive Patreon podcast, Ramble Club, where Ollie and I will review NXT, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that comes in between. We've revamped our entire Patreon reward system, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's mailbag time. Just imagine Michael Cole said that in his <clears throat> boss time voice. Yeah. You've probably already punched your fist through the monitor. Uh, so these are from now Patreon uh, is open to all. We've opened the floodgates. Yeah, so anyone can submit a question on Patreon, of course, if you've got a pledge on Patreon first, and we shall answer them. Also, we'll try and answer. Yeah, we we'll try and answer. Can't them. answer every single person's question, but we try to get yes, to as many as we can. We're trying to get the the, the most we can and. Uh, Stuff on, on the podcast intro and outro. We'll yes. occasionally put a few questions in there as well. Uh, also, for all the people, like if it was last week or the week before, some people were concerned about the length of the shows mm. because it was just a week where we we recorded two episodes back to back and there wasn't a great deal to talk about in things. So I think the shows ended up being half an hour and 40 minutes long. And because that was the same week that we quite heavily pushed the Patreon page... A lot of people put two like those two things together and falsely came to the conclusion of, well, now we're going to have to pay for all the content. We can assure you that's not the case. The Wrestle Rambles are always going to be the same. Well, we can't say there's, there's there's no set length for the Wrestle Ramble episodes. It's dependent on what we can talk about and what you know what's in the news. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, we try and keep it as open as possible. Obviously, last week as well, when we did have the uh, the shorter episodes, that was hampered by you putting the time limit on the uh, the quick fire round, and that that really. <laughs> 
<laughs> that really did. That out. really hurts the uh, the length. But we are trying to give you as much content as we possibly can. Mm. So let's dive into uh, the mailbag. First up from David McKenzie, uh, who actually he sent this question in a couple of times on the quickfire round, but we never got to. Mm. That wasn't down to your time constraints. We just sometimes we managed to never get to them. But he writes: Do you think NXT needs a mid card title, or does the UK title serve that purpose? If it was me, I would bring back the TV title and broadcast every title defense live on Facebook Watch, stealing an idea that Progress do as they broadcast a match every show on Facebook. I really... So when I read the first part of this question, I was like, I like the way NXT falls together. Uh, I, I like the amount of championship matches and just number one contendership or blood feud matches they have on a takeover perfectly fine with that yeah you know you've got your men's you've got your women's and you've got your tag belts and then you've got like one last Sullivan match <laughs> and then you've got a, a blood feud match or a number one contender I think it's such a nice balance for a two two and a half hour long show completely agree uh, however you know a, a mid card title a TV title that is only defended on NXT television I think like the UK title is I think could be hugely hugely beneficial because the problem with NXT is that the week to week stuff sometimes does it's not as in get the takeovers are the big selling point of NXT right mm -hmm. uh, and the week to week stuff isn't so it is super it is good but it's not as controversial statements well, it's just, you know, last people, weeks have been amazing yeah but uh maybe I need to watch more <laughs> uh, <laughs> the problem with the UK title is its name Mm. So, uh, just like the European title, I remember as a kid being like, you ain't European, mate. What's the point of having these geographical locations if you're not going to stick to them? It, it That does bear a lot of weight, and only UK guys have held it so far. There's only been two guys that have mm, held it so yeah, far, and Tyler uh, Bay and Pete Dunne. So, but you can't just reach out. I guess, I guess, yeah, just keep the UK title as something that can be defended on the week-to-week -week stuff, and occasionally... At at takeovers I kind of like the idea of this um, you know you broadcast a match every single week so you're guaranteed to have a mm. TV title match every week but use it as a title to kind of introduce new guys onto NXT TV so you know there are a lot of uh, NXT guys and girls that don't really get TV time because they're currently in training but this might be a good way to just get them exposure so do it as like an open challenge thing of just mm. like I've got the I've got the belt I'm coming down for this week's open challenge and it's just whoever gets the belt then the next week they show up and lay down the open challenge and just keep it as like a even call it the open challenge title or something like that and it's a way to debut new people it's a way to bring new eyes in it i think that might be a, quite a good little gimmick yeah i guess i but it's uh, you, you, you wouldn't be able to broadcast it live no you would just do of the pre-tape nature yeah of you would just do it on um just the week to week nxt mm. um, show but you don't put those on takeovers i i don't i don't necessarily know about the people who are not featured on nxt i think nxt should just feature on the people who are ready uh but I, the the internet format. So what culture pro wrestling now? Defiant wrestling had the internet title belt. That's the first time I've seen that done. Apologies if it's been done elsewhere. And I always thought that was a pretty nifty, neat idea. Like you've got the TV title, but you're an internet-based promotion for your for your broadcast. That makes sense. So yeah, I think uh, the the concept of having a social media or internet-based 
YouTube, a YouTube, like live streaming on YouTube, maybe a YouTube title for NXT. But that sounds wanky. <laughs> so how do you get, you know, as soon as you put that big red play button on the title belt or a, a Twitter logo, Facebook champion. Yeah, I'm just uh, probably with emojis, yeah, just like a, a, a monkey face doing this <laughs> as your as your NXT belt. I'm going to I'm going to hate you. Uh so I don't know what the solution is, but there's definitely some some meat in that. There is indeed. Uh, Lorenzo Haynes writes, Can you guys explain your reactions to when Kane took his mask off at the fir- for the first time in 2003? And what do you think of it now? Hmm. So we talked about this a little bit on the Patreon podcast for No Way Out 2004. I wasn't watching around this time, and, and neither were you. Neither correct? were I, no. But I did actually watch SummerSlam 2003. Which is when you had a match. I might be forgetting this. I might be getting this all wrong now. But I seem to recall this. This might be a false. This was memory. in real time. This was in real time. But this might be a false memory. But I went to uh, uh, Reading Festival 2003, mm-hmm. which is always falls on SummerSlam weekend. So on the Sunday, you would watch the uh, the live band, and I, I the last band of the weekend, which I think it's a music concert. Right? It, it's, it's, it's a, a big concert. music concert. Big music concert. Yeah, yeah I think. I think it was Metallica, but I may be wrong. Again, I might be creating, creating false memories here. But I do remember going back to my friend's house and watching SummerSlam 2003. Because mm. I hadn't watched wrestling for a few years. Um, but I was like, hey, I'm just really enjoying myself here. It's 2003. I'm 18 years old. I'm going to go back. Well, actually, I was 17 years old. I'm 17 years old. I'm going to go and watch uh, some wrestling. And I believe that was when they did the uh, the Kane-Rob Van Dam match. And they did the video package where he took his mask off. And I remember thinking, this, I was like, Wow, they actually took the mask off, being like, I actually, I want to see what this mm. is. Because Kane, when I was, you know, getting into wrestling, what was under the mask was one of the most, like, intriguing things in the whole world. Yes. Because he had all these these horrible burned scars underneath his mm. face. And, like, he's so badly disfigured that he doesn't even want to show his face. And then he takes his mask off and just looks like Uncle Fester. Yeah. Not the most attractive man, but nothing so bad that you, you know, to, to describe him as this horrible... Yeah. Uh, burnt, disfigured. And then it was uh, it was revealed that it was emotional scars, mm. not real scars. And that is that was... in the uh, the cave? So we've got the kayfabe history of Kane right here, Journey into well, the Darkness. That's if his backstory. If memory serves of that book, um, Paul Bearer uh, also. Um, Have you read this? Yeah, from, yes. from cover to cover. From, well, I, yes, I've, I've read bits and pieces of, of it. Course from what I've remembered, I've seen bits and pieces that I have read in there. Uh, Paul Bearer is like he also works in chemicals. And he was working on a chemical... Such a a comic book joker stuff. Chemicals, Inc. That's who he works for. And he was working on a chemical that can heal scars. Right. I think that's something in the book anyway. So I wonder if that's what they they sort of did that as a way around it. But yeah, it was was just emotional scars. And I do remember that being particularly lame. And I was never a fan of Uncle Fester Kane. What have you found in it? I have just opened this up to a random page in Journey into Darkness... And I saw that Kane's talking to a. It's not Kane at this point. He's Glenn. Glenn. He's Glenn Kane. Glenn Kane, which is his real name, and he's talking. So a girl's come over to him, and I was definitely listening to what you were saying. <laughs> of by course, the way. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and uh, he's. This is the actual meet cute. So, uh, girl, look, Glenn, come on. You don't remember me? He sat there shaking his head like a big dumb dog, <laughs> knowing he looked stupid, knowing he ought to say something, but he couldn't think of what. So this is Kane meeting a lady 
I believe that lady is Katie Vick. That was the reveal, man. Why oh, did you stomp over it? Sorry. She knew his name. How? Why didn't you ever answer any of my letters or my mum's letters? You got them right. He blinked. Letters? What letters? Who sent him letters? The only letters he'd ever gotten in his whole life were from Dick Beavis. <laughs> and this girl's mother was unlikely to be Dick Beavis. Just <laughs> <laughs> say that. Full name. Full name. Uh, so what? What? So what was she? Oh, Glenn said in a small voice, not quite his own, because suddenly he knew exactly what letters she was talking about and who she was, and felt the vacant expression on his face being replaced by what felt like the biggest smile he'd ever smiled in his whole life. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? I got him, Katie. He said, and he felt like laughing and crying all at once. Most of them, anyway. Right then, Beavis's door swung open, and a blonde woman who looked a little bit older and a little bit sadder than the last time Glenn had seen her, but who Glenn did recognise immediately, stepped through, saw him, and smiled. Well, Melissa Vick said, look at you, all grown up. Getting there, Glenn said, flirt. <laughs> Getting there, Melissa laughed. You get any bigger, we're going to have to raise the ceilings in here. Oh, Mum, cut it out, Katie Vick said. That's the first time our name's referenced. I see you found each other all right. Glenn and Katie both nodded. It's a good day, praise the Lord, Melissa said. A very good day indeed. She looked at Glenn again and opened her arms wide. Well, don't just stand there, she said, to Kane. Can I, come on over here and give me a hug. Yeah, so if memory serves, there's a uh, Katie and Sorry, Kate. I read the whole thing. Sorry, Katie <laughs> got and... too into it. <laughs> Katie and Glenn knew each other as kids, mm. and then um, Kane gets into it. Uh, Kane then gets taken away, or something like that. Um, and that that this is like them meeting up again as uh, as mm. uh, teenagers. In the next, so there's a there's you know what do you call those when there's a gap? A paragraph. The... No, no, but there's these are paragraphs when you indent the lines. What's this thing where it's like? You know, you a time cut lapse. to a, a time lapse, sure. So the the first I paragraph I, after the time lapse is a three line paragraph. Dick Beavis's <laughs> name in full is written out twice in three <laughs> in three lines. Why is he like a unit? It's like when you know people just from Facebook and you know their full name. You can't separate the first name and the last name. So you're just Ollie Davis. Yeah, I'm just Ollie Davis. Dick Beavis. Like Drake Maverick. <laughs> so, for all those people who wanted longer episodes, look what you've created! We're just going to read this to you. We did. If actually, we need to fill time. We did actually consider doing that as a Patreon perk. Was that we were going to read both? Uh, we we're going to read Journey into Darkness and uh, Big Apple Takedown chapter by chapter in like a My Dad Wrote a Porno style. Put the book down. We've got more questions to there's answer. A, there's a there's a character called Alvarez. Is there really? Yeah, look, Alvarez took a bite out of the giant sandwich in front of him. That's got to be a reference. That's got to be a reference. Dig Beavis! <laughs> Twice! <laughs> Dig... Haven't met him. I get good reports from the social worker, though. Dick Beavis. Oh, God. Dick Beavis. Protect <laughs> me. That guy is a... Yeah, tell me about it. Alvarez gulped down another bite of his sandwich. No, his name's Glenn Calloway. Oh, Glenn Calloway, is it? Because I think Undertaker's yeah. real name is Mark Calloway. Oh, I thought, I'm pretty sure at one point he's, he's Glenn Kane, or is that at the start of the book? Maybe it changes. Well, anyway. so I think we've just decided that the new podcast we do, which everyone wanted to be us watching indie matches, <laughs> this is definitely going to feature. We're going to go through... Uh, are, are there many of these? I, there was one other one, I think. Or might have just been those two. Really? Yeah, which would be a real shame. That is a just, real shame. If it's just those two. 
Wow, I mean, you got me both of them for Christmas. You're very welcome. Susanna came. This is just... Uh, you can you can open it up on any page. Who's Benjamin Franklin, Louis? <laughs> Brilliant lines. So, yeah, this uh, this podcast has gone off the rails. Or more, Tori added as she raised her glass and took a sip. That's all she does in this I, book. I feel like we... I feel like I might have, you know, overused a few pages. So maybe it sometimes oh, okay. opens on the same same section of Tory Wilson sipping martinis. <laughs> I haven't actually answered this question. Oh, okay, well, what, so do you think, what do you think of Kane I wasn't watching it <laughs> at that time. But what do you think of Bald Kane? So, you know, you mentioned about having the mystery of everything behind the mask and how it was described. But there are things that... You know, you kept that seemed like a good idea on paper, and you sh- you know you think, oh, I wish they would do this and so and so. I wish they would reveal Joker's origin, for instance, to use a comic book example. And it's it always seems like something you want, but that level of expectation and intrigue, when you finally get it, you kind of like, nah, I would have been better without it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel about Kane. I'm sure it was horrible working in that mask. But he looks so much cooler, and like you said, the, just the 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 imagination is allowed to run wild by what is going on underneath there. He should never, he should have hardly have spoken either. Oh yeah, that was yeah, a, especially when uh, there's later on in his career when it's the Undertaker becomes the American Badass. It's like 2001 time, and um, Kane, he they were together as the Brothers of Destruction. They kept having Kane just like talking to the Undertaker in backstage segments through mm. the mask. So all of his promos like, "You've got a kid here because Diamond Dallas Page is doing something." <laughs> Sorry, what was that, mate? What are you saying? It's Bane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Nobody I just, cared who I was. You know, you can you can just you can imagine if Kane only ever said one line ever, and they really protected that rather than giving this awful dialogue that he gets these. So you days. won't turn him into Silent Bob. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah just wrong train or whatever. <laughs> no, the, it's a no ticket. No ticket. Uh, it's from um, uh, Dogma. No, no, no. I know it's from Dogma, but the oh. lines are reference to oh, I didn't Last know Crusade. It was a reference. Yes, Last uh, Crusade. Okay. Dogma, the, uh, the bl- dogma. Yeah, dogma. It's dogma. Yeah, it's from you dogma. didn't know that. <laughs> Trying to annoy Luke. <laughs> Do um, I go on to the next one? Yeah, Corrington Brucker, I'm going to say. Brutcher. Brutcher. Could also be. Yeah, Corrington Brutcher said, Would you have given CM Punk a mm. WrestleMania main event match? And who should it have been against? Can I answer this first? Because I actually did some serious... I spent about three minutes on this. Whoa. Which is way more than I spend on most WrestleTalk news scripts. Go for it. Uh, so, uh, cast your mind back to 2013. CM Punk was on his near-record-breaking continuous reign as, as WWE champion, and he was booked against The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No, did that wrong. Rock The Dwayne Johnson Thank you. at Royal Rumble 2013, in the main event, no less. So the Rumble match was not the main event here. And uh, they have this... That they they have. I remember watching it live at a walkabout in uh, Hammersmith. I went to a live viewing party, and we were everyone was so on CM Punk's side. He was my hero uh, at that point. And they did a spot where the Shield powerbomb rock through the table, and Punk wins. Yes. And I was I was the place went nuts. The place went insane. And that was the same night that Chris Jericho was number two mm-hmm. uh, in the Rumble match, coming out to Dolph Ziggler. That was a bigger pop, I guess. But this one was... I was just so happy and so drunk and so excited that they might actually change plans. And they restarted the match and Rock won. I wouldn't have changed that. Mm. So Rock has the belt. 
Punk's like, I was screwed. They re- you know, so he's, he's a heel. You can use that as motivation. He gets the title defense at fast no elimination chamber mm-hmm. elimination 20 chamber 13 elimination 20 30 chamber and got there in the end yeah and rock beats punk again i would have put a screwy finish in there maybe with cena somehow getting involved because the night after that punk challenges cena for Cena's title, Cena won the Rumble. Yes, yeah, Cena won the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, you've got an eyelash right here. Oh, thanks, man. There, there I we thought go. I had something in my eye. Yeah, finish Shwake and make a gif of that <laughs> tender moment. Uh, and uh, the, yeah, so Punk challenges Cena the next night on Raw after the Chamber for Cena's shot at WrestleMania because Punk had used up his automatic rematch clause at the Chamber. And they had that fantastic match. Do you remember it? When mm. Punk brought back the pile driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good match. Really, really good. But because Punk and Cena are electric together. And, of course, this was all building to WrestleMania 29. Uh, sec- twice in a lifetime. Yes. Rock versus John Cena. Punk's WrestleMania main event, a three-way. Punk, Cena and Rock. And the whole story was Cena getting his revenge on The Rock and winning that back. How about, imagine if Cena pins The Rock and steals that moment from Cena, and then you've got a program to run with, with a full-time, you know, a full-time performer in your company who you can build up to be a genuine draw and future big star. And he was, by that point already, CM Punk. And that's your big money program, Punk versus Cena, and you do the payoff the next year. That, that's what I would have done. I would have. I was going to say the exact same thing. Would have mm. been putting him because that program from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, Punk just kind of like falls off it, and it's a real shame because he was such a big part of it. And I, I the only thing I would have changed from yours is mm. that I would have had Punk retain at Royal Rumble because yeah, there's an argument for that too. because everyone was expecting Rock to win. Mm. Myself, you know, I watched that with my like me and my friends watched it, and we were like, well, Rock's obviously winning this. So I think having Punk win there wouldn't have hurt The Rock, especially because it was The Shield put The Rock through the table, and there was the ruling was that if The Shield got involved, uh, if The Shield got involved, then um, Punk would be stripped of the title. Mm. And Vince McMahon comes down to do that, and The Rock goes like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm we're doing this the right way," or something along those lines. Um, and I would have preferred The Rock, to, uh, R- Punk, to retain at the Royal Rumble and then lose it at Elimination Chamber. And then be and then get his automatic rematch at WrestleMania, but because Cena's already got mm. that match because he won the Royal Rumble, you turn that into a three-way. I'd say that that program is so good, and the star level is so insane, and the benefits of having because you've you've got the Rock, who's mega star beyond wrestling, then you've got John Cena, who's the biggest thing in wrestling, and then you've got Punk, who's the one on the rise. So you've got this really nice uh, through line to. Of, of each guy putting over the other mm. for the benefit of the company and wrestling as a business. And it doesn't really matter... I don't think it would matter which way you have people lose or retain, or maybe Punk could keep the title all the way through Mania and Rock and Cena cancel each other out for Punk to retain at Mania and carry on. Because that it's it's just such a... Those three guys would make anything work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, that that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so another, it's a real shame. There's <laughs> another question there that we can't really answer because we don't have time for it. But if you want to let us uh, ask us in the mailbag, I'm offering you up a free chance. We're not here. rebooking the invasion. Not rebooking the invasion, but um, who would we have had Undertaker face? Oh yeah, because that was the brilliant Undertaker match. Yeah. yeah. So there is that question of like, what would Undertaker's program have been for mm. WrestleMania? But we'd have to go back and look at the uh, look at the card, look at the potential options. Bray Wyatt. 
Mm, Bray Wyatt was hot back then. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, finally, from Jared Conister asked, if Roman Reigns is the next John Cena, who is the next Randy Orton? And he... Who? Whom? Who? And um, who? He, he suggests that it should be no. Seth Rollins. Oh, okay. Oh, he suggested... I thought you were going to read out my suggestion. No, no, no. That was your suggestion. He suggested mm. it should be Seth Rollins, which is one I actually quite agree with, is that Seth can be your... Seth can be a, a motivated Randy Orton. This is, yeah, so I took this question a different way. Mm. Because oh, no, I, I, I love your answer, BT Dubs. Yeah, because I hear Randy Orton. I think, uh, you know, just someone who looks good, who is a technically very proficient wrestler, but ultimately I'm not that excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was I, I went through the entire roster and was like, who who can fill this spot? And yeah, the only guy I can come up with is, is Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre. Uh, and that makes it sound like I'm down on... Drew McIntyre, but not at all. I, I, you know, I think he would be a, he could be a better version of, of Randy Orton because I would care <laughs> about uh, most of his feuds because he, he can draw you in like that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it, you know, he's got the look, he's got the uh, wrestling acumen inside the ring. I think, it, yeah. And he's a big old dude as well. Big, big dude. Big dude. I've just remembered it. We've got one last question here from Nicholas Ravioli. Long question. Bear with us. I was wondering, do you think we might be living in the greatest period of tag team wrestling in history? While WWE has been stale lately with Seth Rollins' eternal quest to defeat the bike until when he sent this email and we've mm-hmm. just got to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, if you consider all of the amazing tag team talent they have with the Usos, the New Day, the Bar and some others and include the absolute amazing tag team wrestling that's been happening in the indies with the young bucks Rapongi 3k and the reuniting golden lovers i feel as though we're at a very we're at least one of the greatest periods for tag team wrestling at the moment so what do you think this is uh that there is certainly a lot of talent in the tag divisions across all of wrestling and uh you know that's not even mentioning um independent promotions like uh what are they called CCK and progress, yes, and, yeah, yeah, stuff and, like that, and yeah. stuff like that. So CCK are awesome, yeah. Well. So um, and and a lot of the teams in New Japan as well. Although I guess you've got Bucks and Rapongi 3K. Oh, I and NXT, mm. NXT has oh, got, of course, NXT has got a stacked tag team. Revival, roster. Revival, Streets of uh, Street Profits, Authors of Pain, mm. uh, TM61, Heavy Machinery. There's some really great teams in there. And so in terms of talent, I think it's pretty damn impressive like what we've got at the moment. Uh, but I don't think that talent is being used to the best of its ability. I wouldn't say any of those promotions is knocking it out the park with their tag division. Um, and I was trying to think, like, what's my favourite era of tag wrestling? And of course, you've got Dudley's, Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys from back in the day. But, you know, that was only like a three-thing feud. I didn't, it's not like WCW was hot at the time. And the, my mind went to late noughties slash early teens Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Briscoes, world's greatest tag team, which is Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, when they were freaking on fire. The kings of wrestling, Chris Hero and uh, Claudio Castagnoli, who's now Cesaro. Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards. I was just transfixed by that uh, tag scene. There was... Um, Occasionally, Steen and uh, El Generico, who of course are Owens and Sami Zayn now as well. And so yeah, r- my personal favourite fleshed out tag division is that era of Ring of Honor. But you know, I didn't watch stuff when the the Rockers or the Midnight Express and I'm sure 80s tag wrestling, relative to the time, 
was, was much better actually yeah i mean i i'd always go to the uh that 2000 era of wwf when you had the dudley's edge christian uh the hardies but you also had uh the hollies right to center you had all these other apa apa you had all these other teams in there as well um uh, even X Factor, um, X Pack, and um, yeah. ju- and just incredible with, uh, with oh. Albert on the outside. What was the X Pack and Kane tag team? Called? They were just called X Pack and Kane. Oh, okay. That was in like '98 when they were tag mm. champs. That was also when Kane first spoke. Um, was it? Yeah, he had the voice box then, mm. and, he was, oh, and he would yeah, go, yeah, yeah. "Suck it!" Mm. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, that's when he used to. Issa Threnta set himself on fire if he lost. Uh, got any plans for the weekend, Oliver Davis? I, I don't think I've told you this. I'm going for a spa. Are you going for a spa? Oh, going are to you? A spa. You're yes. Just relax because you've been so business, business, business as of late. Chill out. Well, it was booked for three weeks ago. We booked this ages ago because there was an offer on, and you don't really think about it. You're like, yeah, book it. Yeah, sure, I'm free that day. Mm. Uh, no, it was the day after Elimination Chamber. Oh, so it was like a Sunday Monday thing. Oh, this was the yes, one I had I, to cancel. I remember now. Yes. Yeah, and I got nuclear heat <laughs> backstage in my house. Get X-Pack heat. Yeah, yeah. You got some serious go away. <laughs> go away. I can't be in the same room as you. Heat. <laughs> in my my real life relationship. I'm now just going to put on Naked Attraction, but turn the volume yeah. up just to annoy you even more. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but uh, rearranged um, at, the, at my expense for the more expensive Saturday one. Nice. Yep, <laughs> because we couldn't do the Sunday-Monday offer, which would have been a lot cheaper. Uh, but yeah, we've got some massages planned. Oh, Comes with saucy. some massages. Mm. Yeah, so that will be, uh, that'll be nice, having someone else touch me. Yep, I mean, it always is, whenever, yep. whenever you can get the opportunity. Uh, I am not doing anything quite as sexy, mm. unfortunately, although... Excitingly, uh, myself, my wife, my brother, and his girlfriend are going on like a treasure hunt uh, oh, around cool. London. Uh, so we're starting in like an abandoned. Oh, you're um, going to be freezing. Well, this is it. Because Bad weekend to we, do it. We booked this in January because it was a Christmas present from my parents. And uh, we were so excited by it. We're like, March is a time when we can do it. We've got a wedding in a couple of weeks, and then it's my wife's birthday. But if we do it early March, because my brother's birthday on, on Monday, let's do it then. So we thought that'd be really nice. All four of us get together. We're going to go out and have dinner afterwards. Then, Betty Beast from the East happened. It's been freezing this mm. week. It's been snowing like a mother. It's, uh... Man. My sister crashed her car. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, no. She's well, right. Not, not, not bad. Oh. She just couldn't stop. And we live in, like, a little country area uh, full of posh people yeah, full of what posh people yeah yeah full yeah. of posh people very racially uh homogenous yeah. <laughs> i'd say and she was on a there's like all these narrow hills and she braked but the car kept going because it was on black ice oh. and a car had stopped at the bottom of the hill and she just went gently nudged into it to come yeah. to a stop there was no damage but she was pretty shaken up I'd imagine um, but yeah so we're going to that but I'm sorry I moved my microphone away from my uh, mouth there so we're going to do that but yeah most likely it's going to be very cold my wife has already said that she's going to have a hot water bottle on her mm. uh, while we're doing the adventure where does she put it? Uh, she just puts it underneath her coat I don't, I don't know how she holds it there. It's quite a skill, I suppose. But she's, you know, she's quite a clever like, one. Yeah, would, would you put it on your back or you know, think, tuck it into the well, waistband? I think she has it in her at a front, almost like a, a kangaroo would. Mm, um, strap round. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I leave before she does for work, so yeah. I don't know how she applies the uh, the hot water bottle. We bought these hot water bottles because our house was very cold because we had knackered windows and a, and a front door that didn't actually fit to the frame, so mm. that draft throughout the house. Three years 
years. It's WWE us, draft. Yes, and it's taken us three years to get this fixed. And then we were trying to like work out ways to make ourselves feel warmer because January and December last year was particularly cold. And my wife suggested we get hot water bottles. I've never had one before, so I bought some off Amazon. We got them, set them up, and then all of a sudden, my wife was just like, the bed's too hot when we put them in. <laughs> That's the idea, surely, is we want to yeah. warm the bed up when we get in. Now, we can't put them in the bed. That so, is outrageous. I don't know why we bought them. I don't know what we really do with them. But my wife has now found a use for it. She takes it to work. They're uh, tra- travel, travel hot water <laughs> travel bottles. bottles. Strange. Well, uh, let's do some iTunes reviews before we get out of here. Thank you, Token Power, who writes, I wish you guys were commentators for WWE. I don't. That sounds like hell on earth. <laughs> this is an amazing podcast. I listen to you guys on my way to work and on my spare time. I actually didn't know anything about the Indies until I started listening to you guys. I know podcasts can only rate up to five stars, but Luke Owen and Ollie Davis get a six out of five stars on their tremendous work. Hundred emoji? Sort of like... Like a uh, power fist emoji and a thumbs up emoji. P.S. No matter what anybody says, Luke, you have a great beard and can join our bearded brotherhood. Oh, thanks very much, Token Power. I'm um, I might be getting it cut this week. To, to what style? Well, I don't know yet, but mm. I'm, I'm going to try and book myself in for a Get haircut. a mic tick in there. Yep, uh, it could be one of the options. Maybe Down like, the middle. Well, I was going to say, uh, if you're going to do that, you'd want to get the Adidas strips. <laughs> so I can get those quite nicely in there. You don't have to get it cut. You could just get it dyed. Go full on Hogan. I was going to say, I could go, I'll be the opposite of Corey Graves. Oh, I'll just get God. dyed blonde, and it'll just get bigger and bigger. He's... I, Looked at another shot of him. He looks like an absolute prick. He looks like such an asshole right now. <laughs> but he's great. He's a great commentator. Yes. And uh, of course, the reason we're doing these iTunes reviews now is to remind you to go and write an iTunes review. Look, you've finished the podcast nearly. Just st- load up iTunes on your phone or your or your laptop, and you can start writing a five star review for us right now. The final one is from Jonathan Version One. Be one. One of my favourite podcasts. I'm going to keep this simple. This is a fun ramble about wrestling. Hashtag five. 500k day hashtag swap. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan B1. We'll be back on Monday with a fantasy booking warfare episode. We don't know what what the subject is yet. The the poll is up on Patreon that would have closed by now. I was going to say, and yeah. we'll find out, and I'll announce it in yesterday's news. So, <laughs> look, none of this is really that helpful to you. We'll see you on Monday. Love you, bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.